Welcome. This is Stephen Lee, and this is life and the living of it. Forgiveness. One of my friends asked me to do a podcast on forgiveness. <laughs> oh, not a small thing. Especially since every time that we forgive, it means our definition of forgiveness is a little different. Every time that we are forgiven, it means our definition of being forgiven is a little different. I don't know if there is a process of forgiveness, per se. I think the more and more that I experience this life, forgiveness is like grief. You don't go through stages of grief. You go through cycles. Sometimes your heart is on tumble. Sometimes you get to acceptance and then you go back to defiance, denial, anger, or apathy. I think the process of forgiveness is anything but binary. It's not, oh, I haven't forgiven them yet, or I haven't accepted forgiveness from them, or yes, I have forgiven them, or I have accepted forgiveness from them. No, 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 it's everything in between. When people say, have you forgiven that person? Probably the most honest answer is, I'm probably in the process of doing that, but it's not completed yet. Or I know I need to do that, but I'm holding off, which by the way is also part of the process of forgiveness. There's a lot of questions that come up with forgiveness. Like, is forgiveness forgetting? Is it changing our memories in such a way that make or fade the emotional hurt, the betrayal, the injury, everything that we experience, does it just make it fade away so it doesn't bother us anymore? Are we selectively forgetting the impact? Is it like a chalkboard that we're creating a clean slate for ourselves or for others by wiping away what was once written there in stark, angry outlines? Are we, you and I, giving up something essential when we choose to forgive? And if that's the case, do we receive something essential when we are forgiven? Is forgiveness a series of transactions? Or is forgiveness a series of transformations? Or is forgiveness some strange hybrid of both? Does forgiveness make you weaker? Does forgiveness make you stronger? How does forgiveness change our identity? Can we eventually get to the point where we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I am one who forgives? Or look in the same mirror and say, I am the one who is forgiven? First, let's start out with the beginning of needing to be forgiven or to forgive. One of my friends said, forgiveness is like pulling out an old rusty nail that's bent in half from a knot of wood. Now, this really struck me, so I want to break this down a bit. It takes a lot of effort to hammer in a nail into a knot of wood. I myself have done this accidentally a few times, and it's even harder extracting the nail from a knot of wood. And it's even harder still extracting that nail if the nail has been in that knot of wood for any length of time. And it's even harder if the wood that you nailed that nail into is still growing, because the knot might have tightened up even more and surrounded that nail to the point it's almost impossible to pull out without damaging the wood around it. Let's say we are wronged, we are hurt, we are made to feel like something isn't fair, that we have been diminished, that we have been attacked, that our trust has been broken, that we have been betrayed. It is those wrongs that we feel that can grow around that nail. 
So one day we can no longer tell the difference between what is the wood and what is the nail. What is healthy tissue and what is injured tissue? Our identity around that hurt and betrayal might have become our identity. I met a man who said, I will never forgive. When talking about the drunk driver that killed his son, I will never forgive. That anger became his identity. He was always on a low simmer of rage. I got the impression he needed that rage. He needed to hold on to that identity because otherwise he would have to deal with the stark, unfiltered reality of the loss of his son. The being out of control, not being able to protect his loved one. It was easier for him to hold on to the rage, the hurt, to never forgive. Sometimes the betrayal and hurt have been there for so long that to forgive feels like it's damaging ourselves. To forgive feels like it's invalidating our hurt, spitting in the eye of our suffering, devaluing ourselves or the relationships that we're in. Sometimes we equate forgiving with accepting and agreeing with those that have hurt us. So if we forgive, somehow we minimize, marginalize, devalue that hurt? No, there has to be something else going on in forgiveness. You may all have heard that forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for us to move on. I think it is for the other person and it's for us. I think when someone asks for our forgiveness, it is for them and it's for us. I think forgiveness is a continuation in the hope that within the relationship, however it may be, we can come to an understanding of the pain and the depth of hurt and come to the agreement that both of us want to return to a place of peace. That's the big thing. Forgiveness we're not going to seek after until the turmoil, the non-peace it creates within us, has reached a level where we just can't deal with that anymore, where it is more uncomfortable and more painful to not let go of the hurt and betrayal and injury than it is to process through them. When we become intimately uncomfortable with not forgiving and not being forgiven. So what does forgiving actually include? We get some notion of this in Matthew when Peter comes to Jesus and asks, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And you all remember Jesus' answer, no. Take that seven times and multiply it by 70. Now, if you do some quick math, that's 490 times. If we take that literally, imagine setting your will on saying a reality is a reality 490 times. What is the reality that I am forgiven or that I have forgiven? 490 times. But of course, we don't take that literally. We take the seven as a number of completeness. We take the seven times 70 as an infinite number even because a continuing act of will to be forgiven or to forgive is sometimes what is necessary. Now, you may be thinking at this point, that's impossible. How can you infinitely, how can I infinitely forgive someone? That's just too much work. This is where a Buddhist saying comes in. You forgive as many times as is necessary so it no longer becomes necessary to forgive. 
But one thing the 7x70 does is it sets the stage so that we have some realistic expectations of the process of forgiveness. Feeling forgiveness, feeling, experiencing forgiveness is a prerequisite to reconciliation. For without it, it's attempting a quick fix. It's phoning it in. It's going through the motions. It's saying, oh yeah, I forgive you. Forgiveness is actually work. Perhaps it takes a minimum of 490 times and perhaps a lot more. Because at least for myself, I have to get over the self-righteousness game. The hurt ego game. I have to get over the internalized identity of one who has been hurt. So I start with forgiveness and I try building bridges again. And when I notice that I want that bridge to fall down or that I am actually carrying the matches and the gasoline to reburn the bridge that I am building, I have to go back to forgiveness. I have to go back to the active will that says my reality is such that I am forgiving. And maybe this is the 416th time I've done this. I do know it takes 7 times 70 times to wear away my ego enough so that I can even think about rebuilding that bridge, starting that conversation, being humble and forgiving so that I may reconcile with a person who caused that hurt. Sometimes it is fake it till you make it. Years ago, a friend of mine hurt me severely, it damaged my trust, broke promises with me. I prayed and I thought I forgave. And then 10 seconds later, I had the thought again about how cruel they were to me, how much they don't deserve to be forgiven. And then I went back and prayed and forgave. And then 10 seconds later, had the thought again, they don't deserve this. And then I went back and I prayed and forgave. And then a minute later, well, you get the point. Eventually, I built up to a time where I prayed and I forgave. I told myself I could forgive. It was okay to forgive that I would rather be a person who could forgive than a person who could not, that I could grieve the person who is losing the pain and the righteous indignation and the anger over being hurt and be transformed into the person with less pain, less righteous indignation, less anger. And it took me several months of doing this until I was no longer swamped with a hurt and pain and anger at the memories of that betrayal. And through this huge process, I learned that it is a process of giving up the love of conflict, of the love of self-righteousness and pride and ego. It is sacrificing those parts of ourselves for the love of neighbor, but also for the love of self. It is giving up slowly and surely needing to feel the indignation and the drama and the self-righteousness and the woe to be transformed into something different. And it's sometimes the hardest thing to do. And I failed at it miserably over and over and over. And it was literally with God's help and with the help of some close, dear friends that I could grieve the process of being hurt and accept the process of forgiving and re-identify as a person who forgave. Seven times 70? For me, that was just a beginning. I had to do it until the necessity of having to forgive 
was no longer a necessity because I forgave. So if there is any process, it is one being not at peace, being very uncomfortable, not liking who I was when that person was a person who could not forgive, being tortured by my own repetitions of memory that just fueled the anger I was feeling. Second, it was realizing that I could forgive. Even if the forgiveness lasted a few seconds only, I could forgive. Third, it was working on that forgiveness time after time. It was slowly changing that reality with the help of God and other people so that that few seconds turned into few minutes, turned into few hours, turned into few days, turned into few weeks, turned into few months, turned into few years. I am still in the process of forgiving. New hurts arise, new betrayals arise, new broken trusts arise. So I always seem to be in an act of will, giving that hurt over to God, grieving, and then building a reality by the application of time after time of an act of will that says, I forgive until that reality comes to pass. And finally, I'm at peace. And it reinforces again that I am a person who can forgive. And this is life and the living of it.